Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and I'm joined as always by Holly. Hello. And this week we will be discussing Jaws, which was released in the USA on the 20th of June 1975, and a massive six months later on Boxing Day 1975 in the UK. And if you're American, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. But before we delve into that, let's talk a little bit about Jaws the Ride. So that opened May 1990 in Universal Studios Orlando and closed January 2012 to be replaced by Harry Potter. And you can listen to my thoughts on that in the Harry Potter episode, so I won't I won't bring it down. But do you remember the Jaws ride? Yes, I do. So I... I remember I first went on it when I was quite young, like probably like six or something, and and I was very very scared. I don't, yeah, I don't know if "scared" is the the word I would use because obviously I was older because I was a teenager. But I, there was always a, uh, an intense apprehension when you went on there that it was like waiting for a jack in the box. In that you have that, you know, it's going to pop up. I'm pretty sure me and my sister cried. <laughs> But then I went on it again. It must have been pretty much actually the last year that it was there. Um, and I remember obviously feeling again quite anxious about going on because I remember I'd been on when we were when we were very young. Um, and then I went on and I was a bit like, this is absolute rubbish. <laughs> like, I mean, the shark doesn't come anywhere near you. It's just, it is, I just was like, what? I mean, obviously, there was a few years difference between when I was a child and, you know, in 2012. But I just a bit rubbish, actually. This is without question my favourite Universal ride ever. What, even more than over ET? I'm afraid so. Even more than don't oh. tell, don't tell ET. But yours was my favourite ride. I just, there was just something about it, the whole, you know, going on little boat and all the the hammy acting and you never knew where the shark was going to pop up because I think they had two or maybe three different scenarios so you weren't 100% sure what side it was going to come up at. And I mean, you could see the tracks though. Well, no, not from sitting in the boat, not unless you were right at the front, you couldn't, could you? I, I very much remember the last time I went on it, seeing the track. Well, maybe they were draining it for Potter's arrival. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't think normally you could see the, the track. Maybe possibly if you were right at the very front. But we never used to go at the front because um, my dad always hated being picked out, you know, like by the really jolly people. Oh, yeah, I would agree with him. 
yeah, like always on any of these rides, they normally want to interact with someone. And there's plenty of jolly Americans you can choose that are more than happy to chat. But there was always a risk they might pick my dad, and he, he didn't like that. So we always made sure that we were not near the front, near the actual tour guide of any rides, just in case. Yeah. And I've grown up to be exactly like him. I can't think of anything worse than getting involved in a skit on a ride. I agree. Just horrific. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just really liked it. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the shark looked fake, but I think we'll agree. It did in the film. Yeah, when we get onto the film that actually and then it, it always looked fake. It was just it was just the element of surprise, wasn't it? That was the fun yeah, and part. I, I did quite like it that you sort of again I, you know, it was quite nice how you it's an element it's quite similar to the the Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. Isn't that? Like you know you sort of you go around on this boat and isn't it you know you're sort of just going around and then the tour guide person's a bit like what's that? And then he tries to sort of shoot the shark. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean that bit of it yeah, it was it was enjoyable. It was just a fun a fun ride and um as I've mentioned before, I don't think Universal should keep getting rid of classic films because everyone knows what Jaws is. Even if you haven't seen the film, you know what Jaws is. And sometimes it's okay not to have something that's like mega up-to-date or mega scary. It's okay to just have a nice, enjoyable ride. Because, as I said to you the other night, this is the first time we're reviewing a film that is out of the list we've done that I think will actually always be described as a classic film. Yeah. So, you know, it's quite a a big one this week. (laughs) A lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to do it right because everyone likes this film. There isn't... I, I, I couldn't find any negative comments online other than perhaps about the shark not looking real, but other than that, pretty well thought of but i have to just say one thing more about the ride which mm-hmm. is when the shark was burnt it yeah. was actually very scary yeah and you didn't expect it to pop back up again did you because after after it was shot with the electric cable in its mouth you didn't expect it to then yeah. come back out half dead out the water it actually got very hot yeah there was fire started yeah there was fires around which were very hot and um yeah i think it was really well done and when you consider how many times that was rolling on a loop throughout the day and just just a random point so obviously after now watching jaws and i think i have seen jaws before but you know i can't really remember it Mm. so after watching it again they are in um a place called amity amity Mm. So why, and I might be getting like confused, why is there that bit in Universal which is like Fisherman's Wharf? Still, there is still part of Amity in Universal Studios. It's still there. But I think that's like Fisherman's Wharf. No, it's Amity. There's signs for Amity and the shark is still there even though Jaws isn't. The, star, the shark you can oh, pose no. is still there. And I, I believe there's still one of the huts selling fish, presumably. Um, that's still there. So <laughs> there is still a part of Amity there. It's just extremely condensed with no ride. 
always confused me because then further up, I think you've got like San Francisco's Fisherman Wharf, which was then a bit like, I, I don't get well, why that's there. Isn't that by Earthquake? So didn't oh. they, because wasn't Earthquake supposed to be set in San Francisco? Oh, right. Or okay. they just blended into each other. Right. Get it. And they merged them, I guess. Yes. Or they might not even be merged. I just in my head think they are. But they were next to each other and at the time and then Amity, because it was a fairground sort of thing, which is kind of what they've done with The Simpsons now, but it was almost a yes. fairground attraction that then led into Jaws and that was supposed to be Amity and that was connected onto Earthquake. So, yeah, I, I probably just one went into the other. Do you know what's going in place of Earthquake or Disaster as they went on to call it? No. You're going to like this. Oh, oh my. Is it Sex and the City? No. It definitely is not Sex and the City. I think you need to give up that dream. I think I know what it is. And if it is this, I'm really excited about it. Okay. Do you want to guess? Fast and the Furious. Yes. Wonderful. See? Don't be rude. <laughs> no. You are just not the kind of person that that come that comes across as ever watching Fast and Furious. When you have a fiance who is obsessed with cars, mm. some things rub off, and that is one of them. Okay. And you know, I would argue, don't want you know, this doesn't need to get into a Fast and Furious one. We can do it when the ride comes out, but. Um, you know, there's not many film franchises that have ma- managed to do eight. There's a reason, though, isn't there? They're all equally bad, so the bar's so low, it doesn't matter. You can just carry on. They're not bad. Making this dross. I've never seen one. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm just... I'm hyping <sighs> you up. I've never seen one, and unless we have to redo, see one for this podcast, I doubt I ever will. I think we'll do it then. I don't know when it's going to be opening, but I, I'm going to Florida later on this year. So if it's open, I, I may get to ride it before you, which would be infuriating for you, I'd imagine. <laughs> Very. But I'd imagine they're going to do the thing that they always do at the moment, which is just make it into um, a simulator. I don't know. If it's going to replace... Um, Earthquake, that's got a, a, a right track on it, hasn't it? So, and light magic, and then we hear a car <laughs> outside my window. I've had people comment that um, <laughs> when they're driving and listening to the podcast, they think that they can hear a siren, and then they realise that it's just from my noisy flat. <laughs> Apologies, I, we do record um, my section from um, a flat just outside of London, so it's it's quite noisy with the traffic, and I do try to cut it out in edit, but I'm not very good at editing, so half the time you just it just gets left in. <laughs> I think that'd do. <laughs> um, Okay, so we'll talk more about Fast and Furious when when it happens. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. So, 
onto the film. I mean, like you, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, it was my dad's favourite film. So I always remember it being on in the house. I don't think I ever paid much attention to it as a kid, to be honest. Obviously, I knew what it was from Florida too. What did you think when you watched it this time? I mean, I do think that seeming as it's quite an old film, you know, you know me, I don't actually like to watch films probably more than 10 years old, but, you know, I did think actually seeming as it was so old, it, it was quite a good film. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's, the, it's also the first film we've reviewed where neither of us were born at the time it came out. God, it is old then, isn't it? Uh, thank you for that. And and also, I think it is just one of those things, even now, even if you've never seen it, like everybody would still like the music and like, you know, you just say something about sharks and it's still like, oh, Jaws. Yeah. You know, there's still that, even if you haven't seen it still, like everybody, everybody knows the poster, don't they? Everyone knows the poster, everyone knows what Jaws is, everyone knows the music within seconds. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible, really. Yeah, it is. So, the opening scene, and then and then you hear the music, which, you know, kind of gets you all excited from the start, doesn't it? You think, oh yeah, this is Jaws. It's a classic. Got the right film. Yeah. Got the right, I'm like you with Men in Black watching the second one. <laughs> And um, we see some hippies singing round the campfire and then two go skinny dipping, the boy passes out and the girl gets eaten, which I think is a lesson to be learned in that alone. Chrissy, the girl who gets eaten by the shark, um, I just found it like obviously just a bit bizarre to me how she just sort of, you know, they they walked off together and then she started like running to the beach, but like throwing her clothes everywhere (laughs) and obviously you know when you go to a beach or you know into the sea or something you know it's quite hard to sort of work your way back isn't it you know like in the dark (laughs) just sort of thought why does it have to be so manic like she could have spent hours looking for her clothes if she came out alive and also, I thought she was a very good swimmer. She seemed to swim quite far out mm. to see, like quite quickly. Yeah. That that was just my other point. Thank and, you. Uh, so then we see um, Chief Inspector Brody, who's the head of police, gets a phone call um, from the boy. He doesn't realise what's happened to to Chrissy because he passed out. And then you see... But don't you, sorry, but don't you think that's a bit strange? Like, if if I was him in that situation and I passed out, I I would be like, oh, I mean, you know, back in those days, you don't have a mobile or anything. Okay, you might have a watch. But, yeah, you'd be like, I don't know how long I've passed out for. And mm. I'd be like, she probably just was like, you're pathetic and, and went home. <laughs> I just wouldn't... I don't know if my first thought would have been, oh, she never came out of sea. Yeah, possibly. And then if it was like, well, okay, oh, did you see her go in then? Oh, yeah, I saw her go in and then I passed out because I was so drunk. I just, that was, 
that was weird. I don't know. Okay, well, we have to we have we have to just second guess his motives, and um, we see him walking along the beach with Brody and just a, a hand, decapitated hand. So obviously, Brody wants to um, block off the beach because he gets a phone call to say from the um, coroner or wherever to say that it's you know that a shark has done this. And at this point, I did I did actually write down um, when he decides he's going to shut down. I said, surely he's got to discuss this with the mayor. Well, I, I'm not. You see, I don't know if mayors in America are different here than here because a mayor here just turns up to like turn on the Christmas lights and things. I don't know if they have all that much authority. And I apologise if. I'm putting down mayor's authorities, but they have like normal jobs outside of being mayors over here, don't they? That's not their main role. I don't know. No, anyone can be a mayor. You could apply to be a mayor in England and do your day job and then just go and be a mayor on the weekend or a mayoress. I don't know what the terminology is nowadays. But you're probably like, who would? Is it your MP? Like, who would make that decision then? Because I don't think it is just right. But he is the chief of police. I just don't know if just because you're chief of police that makes you the number one. Here it would go to the local MP, wouldn't it? Would be yeah. But maybe they don't have that kind of. Yeah, maybe so the mayor is, goes to the mayor. Well, yeah, maybe in America, and then the mayor is the equivalent of what our local MP would be. I don't. I don't know. If anyone knows, let us know. Please do. Please educate us on what mayors do in America. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, the authorities tell him he can't do that. um, And they fob off the accident as a boating accident. Because it's coming up to the 4th of July and the beach is going to be really busy. And then we see um, Alex, a little boy, get eaten in the sea on his airbed. And this is concerning to me how close the shark comes inland. Like nearly to the point like it probably could get beached. Like it comes in very <laughs> You know, to go out in the sea on a lilo is actually quite dangerous anyway. Really? I used to do that all the time as a kid. Oh, you know, if your parents aren't watching you, where you could have ended up anywhere. Well, they used to. I, what, I'll tell you what they used to do with me um, to keep me busy. They used to ask me to try and um, learn to surf on an airbed, and for years I I tried. So, <laughs> give give your child a task that can never be achieved. And it kept me occupied for hours on end while I tried to learn to surf. And they could just sit there reading their book and, you know, every now and then just checking. Yep, she's still falling off. (laughs) But probably not so far out at sea you could get eaten by a shark. Well, no, I mean, I was in Mallorca for most of this, so. But I did read something online about this that I thought was quite uh, interesting and I don't remember their surname in it, but years later, the actress that played the mum went into a seafood restaurant and on the menu was Alex 
and then the surname sandwich. And she said to the waitress, oh, this is named after a character in, in Jaws and I played his mum. And the next thing, the boy that played Alex comes out of the kitchen. It's his restaurant. And they met up those many years later. Oh. That's, that's quite cool, isn't it? It is. Thank you. It's okay. Learn something every day. I thought it was quite a nice story. Yeah. So the mum puts a bounty for um, men who kill the shark for $300,000. Or, no, for $3,000. <laughs> Sorry. $300,000 in those days. There are people around the world flying in. <laughs> So they're having, um, they're having a press conference, aren't they, about it? And then you get this really eccentric fisherman coming, Sam Quint, who says he'll do it for ten thousand. Yeah, and and there's a couple of. Firstly, I have to say, I think the policeman is is very likable. Yeah, like I really liked him as a character. When that man came along and scratched his nails down the chalkboard yep. and then proceeded to continue snacking on his crisp, I just was a bit like, you know, who are you? <laughs> and I didn't really understand. Like, obviously, I know they'd have to go and talk about finances and stuff. But I would have said to him, OK, hey, fine. If you kill the shark before anyone else does, get your 10,000. Yeah. Well, they they turn down his offer, don't they, initially, and you get some other idiots that try and catch it and fail, and then they get someone that had that does catch it, but it's it's proved that it's not the actual shark that they want. It's a completely different shark. Yeah, and I was I was a bit like in that circumstance you know would they get the money because i don't know how clear it was made that they have to get they did sort of say we need to get the shark yeah they did they did get a shark didn't they so they sort of they yeah i mean did it i don't know if they check the terms and conditions yeah i just i wonder what was in there i wonder if they could have sued comfortably and then also, I was a little bit like, I, d- I don't know. Do you again have to go and speak to someone higher than the mayor if you're deciding that you're going to go around and start killing wildlife? I is, think is a shark protected. I don't know. I, I don't know, but we are in the seventies, so I don't think there was so much regard for anything. And also, we're in America where they go hunting regularly and. It's a little bit more, I don't know. I don't think it's the same rules that we have here okay. in general. Yeah, I just, I was a bit concerned about that. Obviously, yes, in the film's sake, the shark comes incredibly close to, to land and is, seems to, the, the shark is, seems very sneaky, yeah. this one, for being so big kind of seems to kill quite you know like even at the beginning with Chrissy I mean she was just getting pulled around a bit I honestly thought at the beginning she was pretending and he, oh, really? 
Yeah, and he, and it was it was going to be a joke. Ah, and he goes for quite small prey, doesn't he? Because like <laughs> she was quite tiny, yeah. and he went for a child. Yeah, you know there was plenty of of big people to choose from. Yeah. By this point, then we meet um, uh, Hooper, who is the shark expert and who is the third main character, and he kind of tries to help Brody out with getting the the beach sectioned off, etc. But the mayor is still reluctant to close the beach. So you get even more holidaymakers uh, after much cajoling from the mayor go into the water. And this time, Brody's son nearly gets eaten. Yeah, again, the shark chose... Well, he went in the estuary, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, this is a 25-foot shark, we find out later on. (laughs) In the smallest bit of water there could be. And I do question, and I agree that Brody was a great character and a very likeable character, but I think I probably wouldn't have let my children go anywhere near any kind of water. I probably wouldn't have even let them go in a bath at that point, let alone an estuary. Yeah, again, or if you're going to do it, I would expect, I'd be like to my wife, can you just, can you go and watch them? I thought it was funny how that that one of the children pretended to be a shark. Yeah. I mean, it's little, it's in a little bad taste, but I thought it was quite funny. Hijinks, and so instead of instead of Brody's son getting killed, it is some guy in a boat. I'm not quite sure who he was, but I think it was the fisherman. He gets eaten, and this is the bit you text me about that the child gets taken to hospital, <laughs> and his mother asks what she can bring him, and he asks for cars and coffee. Which was so bizarre. Really bizarre. Now, I, I have to point out to people that don't know me that I was possibly the only child, or we thought I was the only child, that, that used to drink <laughs> coffee. I used to order a Happy Meal with a coffee when I, when I was a kid. And everyone's always found that really strange. But clearly... You're not I, the only one. No, and I was nowhere near the first you know, this kid was, was down in espressos like three years before I was even born. Exactly. I mean, I wonder what he thinks of the world now, that there's just coffee shops galore everywhere. We must be in heaven. <laughs> Met the cars on the road now as well. Woof. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so after this, it scares the mayor and he agrees to hire Quint and pay him $10,000. Yeah. I mean, I feel a bit, I can't actually remember where, I'm a bit like, I don't know whether this is going backwards or forwards or not, but when the, I think it's before, when the guy comes for dinner um, at the policeman's house, did we not think that scene was a bit weird? Remind me why it was weird. Well, the policeman and his wife had just sat down there chatting um, and I think well, he's talking to the boy first. Yeah. And then he, there seems to be food on the table already. And then the the, the guy comes in, the shark expert, brings two bottles of wine, and then just sort of says, "Are these leftovers?" and and sort of starts eating them. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. But yeah. he's come for dinner. <laughs> I just thought it was really bizarre. 
And he was the normal one in it. He wasn't even the quirky character. Exactly. Imagine if the fisherman uh, that scrapes his uh, fingernails down the chalkboard had turned up. Well, yeah, I just it just seemed really very bizarre to me. And then obviously he pours his he pours the wine into just a tumbler, doesn't he, and sort of drinks it. Is that a, that's a big no no? I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little uncouth. <laughs> I don't I don't drink for anyone that's listening, so I'm not I'm not up on etiquette on wine. I mean, surely I you think know. I would know not to drink it out of Tupperware. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I also have to say, the ma- the mayor's suit. Awful. So bad. Ridiculous. Unforgivable. Worse than not closing the beach, I would say. <laughs> that was the real disaster of the film. It was, I agree. <laughs> Oh, sorry, one more thing, just okay. to go back to, just one more funny thing I noticed. When the when the boys did pretend to be the shark, there was just a really funny moment where one of them, like one of the adults, this man, literally pushed the children out of the way to get out. <laughs> and I just thought, that is so something I would do. <laughs> And it also reminded me, when I was in Florida once, me and my sister were in the sea and we were, I mean, I'd say we were quite far out. We weren't that far out. Um, And like one, we were just like, you know, messing around or whatever. And then the next thing I know, she is literally running like so crazy out of the water. So I was like, oh, like what's going on? So I, I ran after her. She got onto the beach and then I was like, what happened? And she was like, I thought I saw a shark. And I was like, okay, well, you just, you didn't even, you didn't even tell me. (laughs) (laughs) She literally just ran off. (laughs) And I was like, thank you for that. I can just imagine it as well, knowing you both. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, for the remainder of the film, is on Quint's boat. And the first question that, that both of us came up with was, when the shark has been seen so many times close to shore, what on earth were they doing going so far out to catch it? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And they then were... sat on the beach. <laughs> Yeah, and put their toe in the water and the shark would have been there. <laughs> Just go paddling in the estuary and they would have found them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, around. They, they, de- they decide, no, no, we won't do this. We'll just we'll we'll pull him up. I know what we'll do. We'll go into his territory and just go right out to sea. <laughs> so I, I'd say that that was a, an unanswered question as to why they did that, other than for dramatic effect of the film. <laughs> yeah. So we hear the first of two very famous lines come from the film, where Brody first spots the shark. They realise it's 20 foot, 25 foot long, weighing three tons, and he says we're going to need a bigger boat, which is an iconic line. I didn't know that. Okay. That gets quoted quite a lot, and if you go into, I believe it's Odeon Cinemas, they've got 
quotes on their popcorn buckets, and that's one of the quotes that is on the side of their popcorn bucket. Oh. Later on in the evening, once it gets dark, they seem very relaxed. They've never in mind they've just seen how big this thing is. Yeah, they're just annoyed. They just so you know they're messing around all day with absolutely you know no success, pretty much. And then they think it's it's like oh how long are we going to stay here for? And then one of them says something like as long as until we catch it or you know or whatever. And then they think it's an appropriate time to start getting drunk. Yeah, like you have one job to do. Firstly, is I mean has the policeman told anybody where he is because it seems like you know he he was only going to go out for a couple of hours and it's turned into sort of like a 24-hour thing Mm -hmm. anything could be going on back on land well the shark could be back there eating the whole of amity while they're out in the middle of the sea exactly whilst they're uh below deck comparing scars and they seem to be getting on a little bit better now there's no no more tension between them um brody radios for help after the shark starts banging into the boat and quint smashes the radio why oh he Um, wants his money does he he wants yeah he wants the the bounty doesn't he so he doesn't want someone else coming out to assist them oh right yeah but the, the, what I found odd was Hooper then pipes up, boys, I think he's come back for his noon feeding, which is quite jovial, isn't it? Yes. When you see, you know, you might, you're about to be eaten. Is it? Is it the time for quips? Probably not. No. So I thought that that was um, a little odd. And you see them faffing around trying to capture the shark and they decide the best way is for Hooper to go down in a shark cage and inject the shark to poison him. Yeah, and I actually think that is quite a clever idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, the the policeman, seeming as he's very... Um, you know, he hates the water, doesn't he? doesn't like yeah. boats and stuff. He's very, he, he gets he gets used to it, doesn't he? He gets his sea feet quite quickly. He's sort of yeah. running around the boat and stuff yeah. like that, like a maniac. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think the idea that they do is good. I, d- I don't really understand, because obviously we spend the whole scene when he's in the cage... Um, we're just down there with him. Yeah. You know, we, we don't ever see the reaction of, of um, up on the boat until the very end. Yeah. What, are they, what do they think is going on? Well, you see them, they start to pull him up, don't they? They think it's gone wrong. But they must have heard quite a lot of crashing and banging prior to, to pulling him up. Yeah. It seemed to last quite a long time where he, he drops the, you know, the stick thing that he's going to inject him with and Jaws or or Bruce, as he's known, is the name of the shark, is Bruce. Which I don't know is connected to why they called the shark in Finding Nemo Bruce. I don't know if that was a nod. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But he was nicknamed Bruce on set, which was after Steven Spielberg's 
lawyer. Oh. Hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, crashing and banging before they actually pull an empty cage up. So I'm not sure what they thought was happening. But we obviously see that um, Hooper has managed to sort of wriggle off somewhere and hide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then this is... This is quite an amusing part, really, and I, I guess at the time it was probably considered quite horrific, but the actual scene where Quint gets eaten by Jaws. And I mean, I was laughing so much. If I, you know, I, I just, I just didn't even, it was just hilarious. <laughs> so I, did it ever look real? No. Do you think not even then it looked real? No. <laughs> just not having it? No, I don't think it would have ever looked real. Yeah, but this was like a really... I mean, like people are scarred for life from watching this film. Oh, it's really people. It's, it, was, it was considered a horror film, Holly. <laughs> it really frightened people. I mean, I think that whole scene of that dragged on. Yeah, I mean, I would say leading up to this was where it was dragging. There was a good half an hour where they were on the boat and really not much happened. But in retrospect, I don't want to say you could be cut out because who am I to question a classic film? But to me, it seems a little long by today's standards. I'm not sure they would have kept that amount of footage in where nothing was happening. I think cinema's changed since then. And if you're doing an action stroke horror film it kind of needs to be going a lot more rapidly than that yeah so yeah quint gets eaten Brody thinks that he's the only one to survive and he throws um one of the pressurized tanks into the shark's mouth and shoots the shark so it blows up which was quite clever very and then hooper appears out of the water and the ending is they are both swimming back to shore. I mean, God knows how long that would take. <laughs> They're quite a way out. Really far. And I thought, you know, that I wouldn't be, just because that shark has died, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be so calm and relaxed. Well, no, because it must have... You know, it can't be the only shark there. And what if there was a whole family of sharks? What if that was just, you know, mummy shark and daddy shark was still out there? And how do they know they've got the shark? That and, you know, there's other things. You know, wouldn't it, the irony that they've killed the, the, the shark, but, I don't know, a jellyfish comes along and... Kills one of them. <laughs> was it there was a Jaws a, two? There was. I. There were several. There was at least a Jaws one, two, and three, and it might have even gone to four. Oh. There were a lot of sequels. I haven't seen any. I probably have seen them, but I don't remember seeing them. So, I can't tell you what happened. I know that Brody continued to star in at least the second one. Oh, right. So we do know he definitely made it back. We know he's okay. Right, okay. 
So have you got anything else to add to your thoughts on this film? How do you how do you think it stands up? Do you think it deserves to be the classic that it's seen as? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's quite an old film now and it still is it still is watchable you know it's it's not you're not looking at it being like oh for goodness sake like it is still quite a good film um yeah and I didn't I didn't actually mind it that much good well that's as much praise as we can hope from from you really isn't it yeah mind it that much did that shock you that you didn't mind it yeah yeah (laughs) and I mean did you enjoy watching it again yeah I enjoyed it I did think and again I think it's just watching films when you know you've got to take notes and you know you've got to discuss I think you tend to find more plot holes or tend to think oh this is dragging and you sort of look at it in a in a different way when you know you've got to discuss it. So I think for the first time, I thought it did drag on a little bit too long. Oh. But I don't remember feeling that in the past. Yeah. But maybe in the past, I'd never sat and watched it intently enough where I had to take notes. Maybe I was just wandering in and out, and you know. Yeah, like watching it a bit more casually. Yeah, exactly. And it is the kind of film that, does crop up quite a lot on telly it's always on over new year and stuff so it's probably not one that i i may not have ever actually sat down and fully watched it in one go until now so we've had uh we've had loads of shout outs for this one lots to go through so we'll start with our official american correspondent cindy who says, this was based initially on an incident that happened five minutes from me. And uh, on probing, it was based on a 1916 incident, which was before she was born. She's not... (laughs) She's not like the old lady from the Titanic. Um, Where five people were killed by a shark on the Jersey coast which inspired the book to be written, which is what the film is based on. So I didn't know that until literally half an hour before we were due to record this. Yeah, because then we could have had some questions answered, couldn't we? We could have, but she left it a little bit late. bit annoying. (laughs) What can you do? She's going to be listening to this now when we're talking about like, oh, it seems... It came so close in, and then she's going to be like, no, that's normal. And we could have just saved ourselves the embarrassment and known before and not spoken about it. I think we've embarrassed ourselves enough on the Twister podcast with our ridiculous <laughs> knowledge or no knowledge on tornadoes and houses in America that there's no going back, really. It's already out there. I think so after this, she, this, this will probably won't get any more um, shout-outs because she probably will never want to listen to any more again. <laughs> I think she questions uh, her friendship with me each time she listens to a podcast. <laughs> so we, uh, there's a couple uh, more just on people that I, I know in the real world, should we say. So Emma Elphick said... Locals insist on bothering peckish shark, 
which is kind of what we said. It was, you know, I know they kind of had to go after the shark if it was killing people, but there was an element of me that, that felt a little bit sorry for the shark. Yeah, definitely. What, because they want their, you know, they want some money for summer? It's like, well, yeah. actually, it's it's the shark's home. Yeah, it's his sea, isn't it? Yeah. They're going into his his ocean. Yeah, exactly. And my mum wanted a shout out with, I felt sorry for the shark. And I'm with you, mum. Yeah, agreed. So now onto the ones we've had online. We've had at Largo sixty five eighty three said, "Why wasn't Spielberg even nominated for Oscar?" Which I I didn't realise. I'll be honest, I'm not that up on who has won an Oscar, etc. I didn't realise that he wasn't nominated. It seems astonishing when you look back that he wouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar. I wonder what film won. I did ask. The film that won the Oscar for Best Director was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. Mm. Again, okay, it's another classic, but I'm surprised Spielberg wasn't at least in the nominations for it. Maybe it was too blockbuster. Do you think? Yeah. You know, like, you would never have Transformers. (laughs) Well, that's not the only reason it wouldn't be nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) We've also had, I'm not sure how you say the name, G-E-N-O-V-I-C-A-R-I-O, says, <laughs> sharks are bloody scary. You see, I, I think in this they do seem really scary, but I was actually watching something the other day. It was the programme with Philip Schofield in. Okay. He, he went in one of those cages and went down right. to go and see the sharks. Yeah. I was, you know, if I could guarantee that it was never going, you know, like a 99.9% guarantee that a shark wasn't going to get in, I would do it. Really? Yeah, I think I quite like sharks, especially great whites. Do you feel you have an affinity with them? (laughs) (laughs) They're just on the same wavelength. Um... (laughs) They're just, they're not actually that bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do quite like sharks. I have, you know, like little, like reef sharks and stuff are very cute. Whale shark, I went swimming with a whale shark. Um, they're massive. Yeah, they're like I'm, 30 foot. I'm quite surprised by your knowledge of sharks. <laughs> yeah, they're not all, they're, well, not really many of them are scary okay but yeah i mean in this film obviously the shark is horrible you know it's it's a bit manic um (laughs) but yeah in real life i don't mind them okay at having a radox and i'm not sure i'm pronouncing that right i'm just reading it back but it's got to be at having a radox Made me stay on beach, they said. So, it, and I think this happened to a lot of people. It put people off going into the water. When I was watching this program about Philip Schofield, he actually said that they played the they played the Jaws music, and he said that actually that film suddenly 
people became really, really scared of sharks mm-hmm. and obviously didn't want to go into the water. And, yeah. and I, I can imagine why. Especially, yeah. you know, like you'd be paddling around, you know, maybe in Bournemouth or something. I don't know how close a shark's going to get. It's highly unlikely that they'd be in Bournemouth, I would have thought. Well, you say that, but, you know, sharks have been seen off the coast of the UK. In Bournemouth in particular? <laughs> no, no, I don't think Bournemouth. Why did you pick Bournemouth? I don't know, it just it was the first beach that came to my head. Yeah, that's why I find it odd. I just wouldn't think that that Bournemouth would be the first beach that would come yeah, into I your I don't, yeah, I don't think it was particularly Bournemouth. Yeah. It wasn't Bournemouth. It's normally Cornwall or somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I can imagine you thinking of Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Spielberg Pod said Brody Quint Hooper Bruce Perfection. So big fan. At Spielberg Pod do a fantastic Spielberg podcast which review all the films, so check that out. And they also do another podcast called Easy Rider Raging Podcast, which focuses on 60s films. So please go and listen to that after you finish listening to us, of course. <laughs> yeah, don't just jump jump ship. No, <laughs> especially when there's sharks about. <laughs> At Real Pigeon said, this was no filming accident, which was... Um, from another line, obviously, in it, which was, this was no boating accident. Oh, clever. Yeah? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. yeah. Well, now you've explained it, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was quite a good pun, personally. Yeah, it's funny now you've told me. But... Okay. So those are our shout-outs this week. Thank you very much for those. If you have any in the future, please let us know. We are now on Instagram as well so we are we're taking over social media <laughs> one tentative step at a time when will you be snapchatting i'm not ready for that the irony is that holly is on all of these platforms but she leaves me to set them up so you can find us on twitter at theme park films on instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast or you can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com Thank you very much for listening and we will see you again soon. Bye!